And hello again, dear ones. Rev Frizz with you over here. Rev Z over here. And this is New Thought Today, an opportunity for us to come together each week and look at the bigger topics that are going on in our lives and how we can look at the future of New Thought through a religious science lens. Excuse me, how'd that pop up there? All <laughs> right. Uh, so... Uh, we've got about an hour together today, folks, and what we're doing is we're looking at the Global Vision. Now, the Global Vision is a document that's been created through committee by a lot of different people over years with a lot of different input that in many ways grows out of the very original uh, writings by Dr. Ernest Holmes called What We Believe. Now, What We Believe is uh, just about 100 years old at this point, I believe. Uh, so that language is, uh, is what it was, and we're going to explore that next year. For the remainder of this year, however, we're going to continue our look at the global vision as it stands right now. So we want to just kind of run over a couple of the basics with you here before we get started today. Uh, and I am going to kind of zip through these fairly quickly. Number one, we envision all people, all beings, and all life as expressions of God. We see a world in which each and every person lives in alignment with his or her highest spiritual principle, emphasizing unity with God and connection with each other. A world in which individually and collectively we are called to a higher state of consciousness and action. We envision humanity awakening to its spiritual magnificence and discovering the creative power of thought. A world where each and every person discovers his or her own personal power an ability to create an individual life that works within a world that works for everyone. We envision a world in which we live and grow as one global family that respects and honors the interconnectedness of all life. A world where this kinship with all life prospers and connects through the guidance of spiritual wisdom and experience. We envision a world where personal responsibility joins with social conscience in every area of the political, corporate, academic, and social sectors, providing sustainable structures to further the emerging global consciousness. And today, our principle that we look at, we envision a world where each and every person has enough food, a home, and a sense of belonging, a world of peace and harmony, enfranchisement, and justice. Whoo, Rev Z, we've turned the corner. We're we're on the home stretch. Yes, yes, <laughs> and 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 that's a mouthful, but that's I think it's perfectly timed, you know, for the season we're moving into in terms of the holiday season, and we're 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 beginning to uh, look at these ideas uh, in earnest in terms of people having food and and places to stay and being treated or or uh, uh, finding a sense of justice, I think this, this, this vision here, this statement should bring this to the forefront for everybody as we look on TV and we see around the world as the holiday, Thanksgiving holiday comes up, people are in food lines, people are looking at how they're gonna pay their rent or where they're gonna stay. And so one of the goals of, of, of having this as a staple, as a foundation for everyone, that they have enough food, a place to stay, a sense of belonging to a community when something may go sideways, and the ability to get justice and feel included 
when things are happening in life as they always do. Yeah, exactly. It this is this uh, at first glance, this statement looks like, oh yeah, easy peasy. Uh, and yet, as we have found in our discussions thus far, every time we look at these statements, there there's kind of threads that that start to pull pull us in. And uh, in our opening discussions, as you and I were exploring this, one of the things we both did, folks, is we kind of jumped to almost to the end of the statement <laughs> to to look at it from and backtrack into it. And we looked at this word uh, justice. And um, because we know that's that's an interesting term in relation to the idea of a world that works for everyone, an idea of having one global family, this idea of having you know, enough food, enough home. But what is just, we, you know, we know what enough food is. Everybody's belly feels sustained. Nobody feels they have to steal for food. There, there are no food wastelands and, and our cities uh, have access to good, healthy. But what is this thing called justice? So we started pulling it apart. Uh, at its simplest, it is the administration of law. Mm -hmm. And what we know in religious science circles is we look at law, of, um, we can look at law from the perspective of what is man's law or human law in this regard, and what are the divine law? What is the divine law? And we believe the divine law is that there is enough. There's enough of everything. There's one source of supply. There's enough. So the administration of this law, the administration of reminding each other that we have, um, that we are enough, that this universal principle is at play here, and we can rely upon that. And that's a big yep. part, relying upon. Yeah. Yep. And 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 I think you know one of the key things that we have to look at, as you as you indicated, is this whole idea between divine law and man's law because ideally man's law is extracted from divine law now that that may not always be the case but that was the original idea of one nation under god right or and if you look at most systems of government or systems of justice there's a higher calling if you would there's a higher standard of what justice means now the interesting piece of it is when, when when it gets confused in my mind at least between man's law and divine law if you will those systems start bringing into you know ideologies and things like that which differ from culture to culture or environment to environment so what is what is correct or 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 what is uh just in a in a hunter-gatherer society, just to put it in that terms, uh -huh. may be totally different from what is just in a digital age society. Right. And so so that's where we have to take a step back and go to the divine law to see in some ways how those things get applied. And 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 they can't or can they be applied equally across different environments? And so that becomes a point where we have to understand the divine law. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. And that it works. It, you, you hit on a few other parts. Some of the other things we found, folks, in our exploration right, of this idea of justice is that it is a sense of impartiality or what is fair. Right. And for me, and here's another one, the conformity to truth. Hmm. Because we all know the truth. And and if you if you've ever stood in front of a judge on man's law, there's a possibility you've had an experience where what comes down, what is described to you as the rule of the law and the judgment just doesn't feel right. Right. Uh, that ain't right. That ain't true. That ain't what and when that 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 is in a part of that difference of how we can tell when justice is truly being served we listen intuitively and we know hey this is this is what's right this is just yeah and 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 one of the things you know uh, i think from that higher order that 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 is a, a a touch tone if you will for what justice looks like from a divine perspective is anything that promotes life. Yes. I would I would say that would be the capstone. Now, that again, because we live in this world that has a lot of relativity in it and IE it 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 things happen differently in different situations and different environments. I mean, what you do on the moon, you can't exactly do that on earth. So, that environment has dictated another set of circumstances which means there has to be some different way of looking at things. However, if we look at the divine law of the, the, the primacy of life, knowing that it's all life, then we begin to set up a justice system of what promotes life fully. Mm. Yes. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Hey, folks, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the global vision today. It's principle number six. We envision a world where each and every person has enough food, a home, and a sense of belonging. A world of peace, harmony, and enfranchisement. Sorry, a world of peace and harmony, enfranchisement, and justice. And we've been looking at this term called justice. Now, so along with this, so we know this now becomes if... The, the justice aspect of it, that sense of that feeling that justice is being served in and around my own life is absolutely a vital. It's an absolute necessity. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about enfranchisement a little bit. Share with us what you found there. Yeah. Well, you know, enfranchisement is an interesting term because it, in, in terms of the dictionary, it, it looks at... Uh, uh, enslavement in some ways. Uh, and and in this statement, it's not looking at uh, enslavement as in a um, physical perspective. It's looking at how do we free ourselves from our mental slavery, as, as our good brother uh, Bob Marley would say. Uh, you know, we have to free ourselves from mental slavery. None can set us free but our own mind. So we look at this idea of in our in our sense of belonging and looking for justice and things and, and that are highlighted in this goal here the key becomes how do we free our minds from being trapped if you will by anything other than the promoting of life 
right? Yeah. Because because I know for myself, I, you know, you've heard the term, I'm sure, you know, it's like a dog with a bone. I get on something yeah. and whether it feels right or not, if I like it, I'm just on it and you stick on it. But and in some ways, I'm enfranchised by that thing. I'm a slave to that idea, even though there are indications or I may even know that it's not worthy of following or promoting or whatever the case may be. And so this whole idea of of um, a world of peace, harmony, and enfranchisement is that idea of being, as Ernest would say, open at the top. Open at the top, exactly. Now, one of the other things, folks, that we also found in this exploration, this idea of enfranchisement also is very much tied to the right to vote, the privileges of citizenship. Almost everywhere I looked, the privileges of citizenship, i.e. to vote. Now, we also believe that in many ways, what we're talking about here is a little bit different. It's the privilege of in, of inclusion in this consciousness of oneness mm -hmm. so privilege is a tough word to play with right now and right it, I, we all got to admit our privileges and we've all got to admit our biases and, and when these statements were originally uh written in this version of them i i feel very confident that the people that did that did great work in really digging into the nuances of the words they used and the language they used. Because religious science specifically and New Thought in, in whole, we're all about the power of your own word. We're all about being very intentional with the words that we build. And that's why we're taking the time to dig into these and taking time to really kind of look at these. So if I have a privilege, that in my mind also means I have a right. And if I have a right and I have a privilege, then I also have a responsibility somewhere. And in this case, the responsibility is to be part of the change, to be in consciousness uh, and in form, part of that, the, the body that says, yes, this is possible. Yeah. That yes, we can live a life where everyone has a home and everyone has enough food and everyone has a sense of justice and security and harmony and peace and love and light and beauty and truth and health and wealth and well-being and abundance and all that good stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're allowed to, we should feel that. And really, in a lot of ways, that's what this is digging into. So we're free from the personal bondages. We're free from the personal limitations we place upon ourselves. In order to, well, what I like to call, create the life we truly desire. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and and you know, it, that 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 kind of steps keeps us stepping in the direction of this whole goal because there's that piece that says a sense of belonging. Right. And I'm thinking that. You know, I look at any kind of organization or group or family gathering or whatever. I feel like I belong when I'm included. I, I, I have the right and the privilege and the responsibility, as you were just saying, to contribute to whatever it is at my choice. If I choose not to, that's okay. If I choose to uh, I I don't feel like I'm going to be hampered or or stymied or anything like that. 
And the important part of that is when we begin to make a world that works for everyone, and we're looking at this whole thing of belonging to a, a group or society or a world where that needs to take place, if I don't feel like I'm belong, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna participate. Which means at some point, I've already got enfranchisement or disenfranchisement, and mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on the same level mentally as 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 my my group members, if you will. And and right. justice for me at that point is like, well, I don't feel like I'm a part of this thing anyway, so. You know, am I really getting justice or what does justice mean? And, and if we look at, at, at our, our, our current society right now, this is the type of behavior that's taking place right now. There are a group of people and it's almost split down the middle in the country. Those who feel they're included in life as they see it or as it's been painted to them. And then there's another group that feels just the opposite. Right. And I think the, the more we can get a sense of belonging we can begin to move forward and understand that none of us are going to see everything 100% eye to eye. Mm-hmm. But because we're operating on a place of freedom in our mind, we're operating on a place, operating on a, on a, on a task of justice and some sense of belonging, then we can begin to make great decisions. I won't say good decisions, I'll say great decisions because I'm thinking and making decisions based on the whole and not on my individual or my group's individual perspective right. at the exclusion and detriment of everybody else. Right. Yes. Isn't this fun, folks? I, I love this. This is what it's all about. A chance yeah. to dig in and a chance to connect and look at and really examine, hey, what do we believe? What 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 is real and what is going on and what do we believe about these various topics, these various principles? Now, uh, we do want to include you as well. And so thank you for those that are commenting in the comment box right now. Um, if you have questions about what we're talking about, feel free to drop a comment in the comment box. Uh, if you'd like, uh, if there's something you'd like us to discuss specifically on the program, please Drop us an email, ministertalk at ntmedia.org. If you have a, something a little off topic you want to talk to one of us about, drop us an email. We'll be happy to get back with you. And what we're going to do here right now is take just 45 minutes to say thank you to our sponsors and uh, give Reverend LZ and I, and I a chance to have a sip of water. We're going to be back in just one minute after a word from today's sponsors. Enjoy. New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. All right, that is who we are here at the New Thought Media Network. And today, what we're bringing you, this is New Thought Today, 
an opportunity for Rev Z and I to take a look at the founding principles and the current use of principles in the New Thought Movement, and specifically in relation to the Centers for Spiritual Living and our Global Heart Vision. Rev Z and I are both uh, ordained ministers with the Centers for Spiritual Living, and we serve various ministries in various ways over the years. We've had a long-running conversation around a lot of these principles, and so uh, we're grateful you're with us. Please do remember, send your questions, comments, uh, moans, groans, complaints over to ministertalk at ntmedia.org, and we'll make sure to get back to you on that. And uh, hey, if you'd like to catch back episodes of this program, a great way to do that is over on our YouTube channel. So it's youtube.com. You don't even need the C. You can just do forward slash New Thought Media Network. We've got a playlist there with all of the back episodes for this program, as well as playlists for our other programs. So please do check that out. All right. So Z, here we are. Uh, we've been talking about today principle number six. We envision a world where each and every person has a food, a home, and a sense of belonging a world of peace and harmony and franchisement and justice. And, and what we've kind of determined is that the second part of that statement is, or the first part of the statement is in many ways, they're both sort of self-dependent or they're interdependent between the first half of the statement and the second half of the statement. Uh, and before we took that last break, you were talking a little bit about that feeling of uh, community of and, and home uh, a sense of belonging. Help help us understand how that ties into the harmony and balance piece. Well, you know, I I, I was just thinking about that before you asked me, and that's perfect because <laughs> when we look at peace and harmony, and and I mean harmony. Let's start with the harmony part. I, you know, I love music, and so when I think about harmony, I think about you know a acapella group or or a brass band where you have many different instruments with many different sounds. Uh, and I look at how each one of the instruments or each one of the singers can voice themselves at the resonation of where they are, which are all individual things, but when they do it in harmony, the five, the seven, whatever the number is, it wound up sounding like one voice or one note when it harmonizes. And so when we look at this world that's working for everyone that's based on peace and harmony enfranchisement where we have the freedom to think and act and move and we can do that with justice, now we're getting somewhere, I believe, because, because now I have no reason really to be jealous of you or to be mad at you because you're singing at one level and I'm singing at another or vice versa, because really what we're trying to do is create an environment, creating a space where each and every one of us can be ourselves and create this harmony. And if any one of us drops out, if any one of those voices drop out of that harmony, the whole thing falls apart. Right. The, the sum is greater than its parts. And yet it's still one. And if there was any one piece missing, then then the whole thing, exactly, right? And in my prayer work, I, I find the phrase quite a bit that people's presence on the planet is absolutely vital because no one can bring the same set of gifts and skills and talents that you can bring. Mm -hmm. So your presence on the planet is absolutely vital 
to humanity's evolution because nobody can do what you're going to do. Yeah. Nobody brings that same piece to that same color, that same flair, that same aspect to what we're doing here to this sense. And that's, so it, it seems to me like it's fairly simple to say, well, we all belong. Everybody belongs. <laughs> yes. Um, but then I got to go about figuring out, well, how do I support you in having that same feeling? Right. Right. Do I feel I belong? Once yes, now I can reach out and, and offer the hand that says, okay, now what do we do to support you in feeling that same sense of belonging? Yeah, it's it's like it's like swimming, right? I look at it sometimes like swimming. I can't teach somebody else how to swim unless I know how to swim. Right. And but once I know, now I can I can either do it verbally or I can do it by demonstration, getting in and swim myself or get in and assist them in some kind of way. But until each one of us, and I'm saying that in respect of until each one of us begins to recognize and then acknowledge who we are and own it, right. do, am I qualified or equipped with the right skills, exercises, and voice, if you will, to help someone else find their own uniqueness and be able to freely exhibit it without any fear of reprisal, any fear of shame, any lack of uh, enthusiasm or self-esteem to be 100% holy who you are. Because as you said earlier, every part of the band, every mm -hmm. part of the brass band is needed, whether it's a trumpet, trombone, sousaphone, French horn. Uh, it, there's a bunch of them, <laughs> but we need them all if we're having a brass band. Right. Exactly. So here we are again, right? It's like, if I am uh, the interplay between many of these statements, that if I really am to be a beneficial presence on the planet, if I really am to be part of this world that works for everyone, and I really am a part of, and I'm vital to all of that, then it's necessary for me to live in the consciousness that says there is enough food. There is, there is shelter. There is, uh, and we were talking yesterday um, quite a bit, right? This is the place where actually we, I think we can see the a major demonstration in a movement towards the, the manifestation of this vision. So all these aspects are part of the vision of a world that works for everyone. In that vision, we those of us that already have the consciousness of enough food and, an, and a home and shelter for everyone, it's up to us to do the work in consciousness, but then in take the spire, inspired action that goes with that to ensure that we're supporting those that don't have the same consciousness, that can't see this truth and want to believe in homelessness or want to believe in lack of food want to believe that there isn't enough that they have to be in competition to get what they need rather than to be in collaboration cooperation co-creation right. to get to get their needs met and and you know someone put in the, in the in the chat you know is it safe to be who i am mm. and you know i say yes now that you know, 
that may not be what someone's feeling when they are being rejected right. or when or when they're being looked over or when they're being, uh, you know, not valued. Right. But but once we get our head around this idea that a world that works for everyone means that everyone has a place, then we begin to understand that I know I have value. I know I have a place. It's not my problem. It's the other person's problems of adjusting their lens or looking at different perspectives to see how I fit, what I bring to the table, because it's going to be a better table, if you will, when all the pieces are, are there to yeah. make the thing happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, we need a longer table. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, yes. There, now there's an analogy for Thanksgiving week, huh, folks? We just, in the midst of a pandemic, I'm sitting here saying we need a longer table. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but in many ways, that does... And I've been having this conversation, and we've been having this conversation for years, but it's been popping up in some other programs lately, right? There is there is a perspective of how do we do how how do we do <coughs> excuse me, transitional housing for those moving from a lesser consciousness or a consciousness of poverty and separation and lack and limitation. How do we create structures and processes to support people moving into a consciousness that says, wait a minute, uh, there's enough housing here. There's, there's enough food. And, and this isn't just the people that need it, but it's also the people that are going to provide it. Mm -hmm. We were talking yesterday. There's been some really interesting stories of people getting creative during COVID. One of those was here in the Denver area where a nonprofit was able to lease out a, not a, I don't want to say derelict, but a, a, a underutilized motel space. And they were able to do it in such a way with some partnerships and some help and some, and some government money to lease out this space to provide homeless housing during COVID. Yeah. Hey. There's an innovative idea going on here. Yeah. yeah. We're, lo we're looking at a wealth of empty space across this country in the coming months and perhaps years. Uh, how can we get creative in this? Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I, I just think about that and it takes me back to the whole idea of co-ops, a cooperative, the original concept of cooperatives, where uh, the best example, I think, you know, so that, again, looking at this world that works for everybody and people belonging and everything, the original food co-ops, which almost all of the health food stores are modeled off of now to some degree, started out as a group of people who had ideas about getting fresh, wholesome, organic food. And they knew that the local farmers could not compete with the industrialized farming. So there was an agreement made that as, a, as the food co-op, you would go and buy food from the local farmers mm -hmm. and you would have people join the co-op and you'd get different uh, levels of, of pricing based on your being a non-member all the way up to a working member. Yep. Uh, 
and it gave you had to, it was a sense of belonging because everybody at some level worked to support the store. If you weren't a member, you had to you worked by and supported by your 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 payment. If you were a member, then you had to pay some money to be a member to help go pick up the food from the local farmer, to build the shelves to put the food on, so forth and so on. So it 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 hit all of these things because everybody had a sense of belonging because it was a a group owned store at different levels. Right. It provided wholesome food. People have a sense of education because if you worked at a certain level, you understood how organic work, how different herbs and, and food, holistic foods work for health and well-being. And so now we have farmers who are being serviced. We have people getting wholesome food. We have people learning different skills on alternative health and healing. And it created a real community, a sense of belonging. Yeah. And so we could do that now with, with food co-ops. As you said, they're doing it in a lot of places now with, with uh, community gardens. Yes. Uh, and out of that food co-op piece that started back in the 60s and 70s, they also moved into land co-ops. Right. Which were a little different from a co-op that you buy now, but pretty much that idea came from the land co-op. Yep. So there's ideas, folks, right? There's, we're, we want to, in this program, we want to look at not just the philosophy of how we've gotten here, and but is this applicable? How can we, uh, how do we take the inspired action to ensure to be a part of this solution, <clears throat> to make this vision manifest and not just be a, a vision? It's a big part. We all of the almost all of these statements start. Well, they all start with we envision. We envision. We in our minds, we are holding this vision. We are casting this vision. We're sharing this vision with other people. We're finding way creative ways to infuse the culture and the consciousness of humanity with this vision, and calling it a world that works for everyone. And what we know is not any one of us can enact everything on on these that comes to mind and every one of us has something to give in what it is that we're doing and so perhaps that is a a, a food co-op perhaps that's a a new vision uh and I, we zian again again we were talking about this yesterday uh, there's so much office space that's becoming empty across this country right now um all over the place and and space that is intentionally being let go of because companies and organizations are realizing they don't need it they don't need the overhead they don't need the hassles they don't need all that goes along with having a, an office building or how many of her floors or whatever and if they can get away from that they're going to and so now we're looking at all right what how do we how does that it how does that property get repurposed in a way that supports this vision yeah. um what if we did have entire buildings that were self-sustaining as far as food and and housing in uh in a specific location or uh let's let's look at the return of urban gardening and urban farming a uh, big topic in the world today now that's not my gig but if it's your gig um, well, we want to hear from you. Let us know. Share share the good news with us of what it is you're doing to be a part of this emerging global vision. 
and you know that's a, that's a perfect idea that you just you know when you said it, it just popped into my you know we we're gonna have some buildings that are gonna be free and and free as in no one's they're not gonna be occupied the same way they were before they won't be right. free in in dollars but they'll be free in terms of tenants and so you know it it it, it might be a great time to start exploring for all our urban planners and our, our city planners to say how can I take a building set it up so that I put in some sense of food growth, even if it's just salads, you know, lettuce, cucumbers, and tomatoes, right? <laughs> uh, and then we, we we start teaching people there the whole art of, of, of horticulture and, and ag agronomy and how to grow things, right? Hydroponically, or maybe in some dirt, if there's some dirt around. And then we redo the building so that it's living space and create a cooperative in there. But then at the same time, you know, having a mix, mix economics, mm -hmm. all levels so that everybody gets the opportunity to, to have some ownership. But then we begin to teach those who may not have skills or may have been displaced because of, of the environment. We give them a trade. Somebody learns to be a plumber. Somebody learns to be a HVAC guy. Somebody learns to be a, 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 a electrician. And then they begin to support the entity of that new living space. And then at some, and, and there's an agreement, we're gonna train you and, and we'll figure out costs and all of that. And then at some point when that's up, you can stay on and help mm. the building or you can take that skill that we just help you get by living together in the cooperative belonging and take it on the market. Maybe now you wanna become a, 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 a general contractor. You've got enough skills, you've went through enough apprentice programs that you wanna do that. But it begins to create this belonging yeah. and sense of group identity that allows us to have a world that works for everyone. Yeah. It's, uh, it, we're, and we're <clears throat> circling right back around folks, right? You've heard us talk about much of this before in different ways and in different, uh, avenues. I hear, uh, I hear the echo of Z zone words, uh, educate and conversate, right? We're in that process and we're really in that process of revealing this one global family. Yes, I I am continually struck by the the recognition, the realization that if we're not all in this together, then we're never going to get there. We're never; it's never going to progress. Now, Ernest, that doesn't mean we have to all have exactly the same thoughts, right? It doesn't mean we all have to see the world exactly the same, but we do have to realize that we are one human family. And even though you might be my crazy uncle so-and-so, you're still my family and so on and so forth. What were you gonna, and, you, and, well, yeah, no, you just, you, just, you just made the point. You know, Ernest used to always quote this verse that, that's from the Bible, a house divided cannot stand. Right. And so we have to begin to pull together. We have to begin to have this sense of belonging, even though... And, and for those who are getting together, who have chosen to get together for Thanksgiving, they will, they will already know that when we get there, Uncle Charlie or Aunt Mary or somebody is going to be the pot stirrer, so to speak. And we're going to have this conversation that, oh, my God, no, no one wants to have. But <laughs> it's because of that sense of belonging, even though we don't like Uncle Charlie to tell them the same old stories over and over again. It's funny how each time he tells it and we sit there begroning, 
we get something from that story every time. Even if it's nothing but some patience to listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh -oh. And we get to practice peace in yes. those moments. <laughs> yes. And, and, and that's how we, you know, the one thing that's underlining in all of these envisioning statements for the global vision is that sense of interconnectedness of everything. And that I think part of, of our challenge and specifically in being belonging, we start looking at things as these separate entities yeah. and they're not. It's like having a bike. I, you know, I got the chain and the spoke and the pedal and the handlebars. It's all spread out and I'm understanding each one. But at that point, I don't have a bike. Right. It's a, you know, they got to all be together with the bike. And then even when I put them all together, it's not really a bike until someone gets on it and ride it. So now it's this integrated thing of bike and person riding that makes a wholeness and a harmony uh, that we're that we're all looking. Yeah, that's a great analogy for it. Right? And it takes us, the human power, the, hu the the intention, the inspired action, whether that's getting out in the streets to say no more in a protest or whether that's getting into a bike sh a non-profit bike shop and tuning somebody's bike yeah right or or work serving at a food bank or doing this or whatever it is that you're doing and you know i'm further reminder that along that same line uh being a fairly avid mountain biker myself if you let any one part of that system get out of tune it starts to stress all the other parts of the system yeah and, and so you break a spoke okay that you know that's one thing but if you don't fix that if you don't take care of that if you don't pay pay back pay the attention due to what you've neglected then other pieces of the part of the puzzle are going to break apart other parts of the system are going to break down and we see the same here so we we have to constantly be reminding ourselves that hey wait a minute no there is enough food there is enough shelter we can create this we have the ability to come together and create that sense of belonging yeah and 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 you know that example you we have to tune we have to get in tune like you know you know if you've ever been to a symphony right and there before if you get there a little early before they uh, uh start the, the program they go through a tuning, they, you know, what, what are we tuning to? A sharp, B flat, C, you know, they tune up. Everybody gets tuned up because who knows what they've been playing before, or how long the instrument may have been sitting there, or in your example, the bike. But if yeah. that spoke is not fixed to tune up so that everything is in harmony and in alignment and moving towards one direction, mm -hmm. We got we got a we got a horrible symphony or we got somebody falling off the bike one or the other <laughs> <laughs> and they probably sound a lot alike folks. yes <laughs> so um which is the perfect opportunity for us to take a quick one minute break share with you just a little bit more about uh what's going on and get a word from our sponsors so we're going to grab a dr quick drink of water we'll be back in just under a minute with more of New Thought today. Hang tight, stay tuned, we'll be right back.
Thought Radio, music from all your favorite New Thought artists. From Jamie Lula, Karen Drucker, Gary Lynn Floyd, Ricky Byers, Daniel Namod, Eddie Watkins Jr., and many, many more. 24-7 New Thought Radio. Positively inspiring. All right, folks, we're back. This is New Thought Today, where we take a deeper dive into the New Thought principles and how they're applicable in our life today. I'm Rev Briz. I'm Rev Z. And we are so grateful you are with us today. Now, before we left on that last break, we're sort of bringing this principle all together and in, in, in starting to feel like it's coming together coherently a little bit more. Uh, so let's remind ourselves where we are. We envision a world where each and every person has enough food, a home, and a sense of belonging. A world of peace and harmony, enfranchisement, and justice. Almost sound, the way we've gotten to it, it's kind of heaven on earth, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, as, as we've all heard, heaven is a state of mind, right, at one aspect. Yes. And we know we live in a multidimensional world, so there are many ways that that or anything could be expressed. But, but when we look at what's happening here on planet earth, heaven on earth is that idea that promotes, in my mind, that promotes life till it's fullest, where we have enough to eat, we have a sense of safety in where we're living, and I have a sense of belonging so that I can bring forth my gifts, so that I can bring forth my talents and my treasures and do it in an environment that is supportive, that is a sense of harmony. I don't have to fear that I had an idea, I tried it, didn't quite work, and now I've been ridiculed so much, I'm never going to try anything again. <laughs> but it's that understanding that we're in this cycle of life, as they say, and, and, and it's that sense of belonging and being provided for that allows us to, ev to evolve and, and pursue our greatness to its fullest. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we always, uh, right, we, we take care of ourselves first. <clears throat> self and I say this to clients, I say this to friends, I say this to myself all the time. Self-care has to come first. I, I fix and I take care of my own personal experience, my consciousness, my belief pattern. Because if I come into if I come into an opportunity, let's take a food bank. If I come into the service of a food bank and all I can see is hungry people. And all I see is how many people don't have enough. And all I see is how bare the shelves are in the food and how they barely get by. Not going to have a good time in that experience. <laughs> but if I can come into that experience and say, okay, here is a place where we're going to watch the flow happen. We're going to watch the good happen. We're going to watch people that don't believe get, be given a reason to believe. And I believe that, and that's for me, a huge part of what we do is we give people a reason to believe. Yeah. We give them a reason to believe in themselves, in this vision, in, well, a world that works for everyone, right? Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, you, you made me think of something there, you know, because this is the time that it often happens a lot, at least for me, is during the holiday seasons where 
you see something and this and this is for me also accentuates that sense of belonging and connectedness you know you see something where somebody does something extraordinary they give somebody a dinner or they they buy them a new car or their house got burned down or they go take the kids and get you know some of these stories are so touching and so uh potent that 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 the sense of belonging and and we sense the harmony that's possible and 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 the love and peace that that is is right at our fingertips if we could just surrender to the idea that we're all one that there is an intelligence that's guiding us and that has provided for us all that we need and if we could just follow that guidance however we do it and 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 anchor it in our hearts and in our minds then these these envisioning statements I'll say there'll be a piece of cake. We still got to do some action, but they'll be relatively <laughs> they'll be relatively easy to put in place and to enact because right. it's all here. Yep. And you know that's um, here as you're sharing. I'm feeling called to to uh, remind folks and, and just recap when we look at the Centers for Spiritual Living mission, purpose, and vision statements. Right. We talk a lot about the vision is a world that works for everyone. Uh, but we got to remember the purpose, our purpose for being is to awaken humanity to its spiritual magnificence. Yes. And our mission, how we're doing that is we're providing spiritual tools for personal and global transformation. So collectively, each one of us ha- is being called to a mission to provide these tools. But we want to remember that everything we're doing is in service to this purpose, this idea that humanity is awakening. We're not going to stop that. We can't change that. Humanity is awakening to a new way of being, to a new epoch, to a new paradigm, to a, I hate using the term new age, but you know, you get it, right? We're awakening to something new. And that newness isn't exactly chronologically new. It's been, we've had this knowledge forever. And what I see is we're reaching that critical mass. We're reaching that tipping point where more and more and more people are saying, oh, hold on a minute. So you mean I don't have to hate my brother and I don't have to and I can live in harmony and we can live with that. This isn't a competition that we are here to support and serve and help and our neighbors and our friends and. Uh, no matter who you voted for or didn't vote for, uh, more and more people are awakening to that every day. And as that happens, then it's it becomes so much easier, I believe, to hold to this vision of a world that works for everyone. Well, and and, and you bring up a good point there in my mind that that uh, harmony does not mean that there won't be contrast. Right. Right. Uh, you know. Uh, as as the as yeah. the saying goes, you have no concept of what up means if you've never experienced down. I mean, they right. go together. You can't <laughs> yep. have one without the other. Right. And so when we look at life and and the and the and the ups and downs, if you will, that we go through, the ability to understand that space and the ability to be able to navigate in that space, we have to have some experience first of what up and down is. And then number two, the only way we can navigate through it is by understanding 
how they work together, how they are inseparable, and that there's no good or bad in it. It is right. what it is, and, and, and it's there for us to understand that there's a harmony between the inside and the outside and the up and the down, all right? And, and, and so once we begin to understand that they work together in this uh, uh, cycle of life, you know, life is not linear. We look at it as linear. I was born at age zero, and then I die at X number, some linear fashion, but no, no, no. It's not linear. It's circular. Right. And so or spiral or cyclic. I mean, find a term that you resonate with, but that's what we're trying to do is create the harmony in that cycle, in that flow, just like we have summer, winter, fall, mm -hmm. spring. It's a cycle that flows that are very much in contrast, but we couldn't have this thing called life if we start pulling, I don't like winter, so I'm gonna pull that out. <laughs> I don't like winters. Uh, that's an appropriate one here today in Colorado, <laughs> folks. We all woke up to winter here in the, in the Denver area. So, um, and you know, you remind me that uh, just as as the harmony is not all just rainbows and unicorns and lollipops, peace is the same thing. It's not the absence of discord and drama and suffering and all the human conditions life would not be any fun if it weren't for the human conditions uh it's not the absence of all that it's the ability to recognize and stand in the truth in the midst of all of that yes so when look when life looks like it's all fallen apart and we get called pollyannish a lot but that is the supreme time to do this work when things look the darkest, that's the time to stand in the truth and say, uh, no, 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 no. I, I don't care what, what it looks like. I know there's enough. I know that I am enough and there is enough. There's enough food out here to, for me and to feed my family. There's a place for us to live. There, there is everything necessary for us to feel that, that belonging. And, and you know, is that, is that drama as they, they talk about in, 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 in Hindu a lot, uh, in Hinduism a lot, that the whole dance, the whole drama of life, of, of, of uh, this whole creation process, that's what we are involved in, is we're dancing life. Each, each one of us are dancing life, or each one of us are playing a part in the drama of life. Yeah. Imagine going to a movie and it was just a flat line. I mean, it was, you know, the plot was the same. Every character looked the same. There was no no contrast. You would say, I want my money back, right? Because this movie, this drama is not worth participating in. But when you have some savory characters and when you have some some uh, salt of the earth characters in the movie and some, some heroes and heroines in the movie, it is that platform that gives you the idea of, wow, we can overcome all things. We will have these challenges. I can play a part. You can play a part. We can work together to create this world that works for everyone that's yeah. based on everyone having enough. There's a good food. There's enough shelter. There's a belonging that we do in this part. Imagine someone in the movie said, I'm not going to read my line. I, I'm just going to not read my line. I'm just going to stand here. That's going to be a messed up drama. <laughs> but it's that sense of belonging to the movie and to the play that they yeah. learn their lines and they read them on the right spot. Yeah. Belonging. 
Oh, dear ones, dear ones, dear ones, we could probably keep on going and keep on going. And we've made a promise to you and uh, and to our network and to our sponsors <laughs> that we will keep this program on its show, uh, on its time frame. So uh, we want to say thank you. First, we want to say thank you to the New Thought Media Network for making this possible. And we want to thank you, the listeners and the viewers of New Thought Media Network, for making all this possible. It's thanks to your donations, your gifts, tithes and offerings that we are able to bring forth this type of programming and all the all the programming that we do here on New Thought Media Network. Uh, and so please check out the website, ntmedia.org. That's the launching pad for both the radio station and the broadcast video. If you're not tired of Rev Z and I yet, hey, we'll be back on Friday morning at 7 a.m for our Friday morning program. That's a half hour program, Ministers Talking Shit, where we talk about just about anything we want to talk about. No, that's exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about whatever we want to talk about. And uh, from the feedback, you kind of enjoy it. So thanks for being with us. Again, please do remember, send any comments, concerns, or questions, any show ideas, anything you'd like to uh, dialogue with us about over to ministertalk at ntmedia.org. And we'll be sure to get someone back in touch with you. Uh, Z, I think we've got one minute left. I, I know the educate and conversate is there. What other final comments might we have about this one today? You know, I would say find your space in the symphony of life so that you create your place and you give everybody an opportunity to find their place in this symphony and create this harmony and sense of belonging that allows us to be the best that we can be. Yeah, absolutely. Step by step, folks, day by day, we are creating the world that we want to see. We are creating a world that works for everyone. And we're creating this mighty ministry together. So please remember, together we are stronger. On behalf of myself and Rev Z, we love you. We'll be back again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Mountain Time for more of New Thought Today. Until then, peace and blessings. Peace and blessings.